0: What's up and welcome to Over the Top. The crazy holiday match schedule is upon us with the next five match weeks crammed into 20 days. So, looks like we're going to be busy these next few weeks. You can get in touch with us on Twitter and Instagram at Over the Top EPL to get involved. Send us your questions, your thoughts, and uh, if you want to get on the show, holler. Let's jump straight into it. I'm Kyle. I've got my man Justin here. How you doing, man?
1: What's up, Kyle? It's it's the best time of the year for Premier League fans, right? Game after game after game. And the injuries but so many games in such a short amount of time so I mean the festive period is what it's all about.
0: Yeah it's really what defines the season the table starts to settle as all the other leagues in Europe set up shop for the winners all of Italy, Germany. Uh, does Spain go on break too? I feel like they do. I know Germany doesn't
1: take a huge break but they don't play like England does for on Boxing Day and like two days after and the whole deal. I swear yeah. it's like 48 hours between games sometimes. They play like the 26th and then the 28th some some teams.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. And then for some of the teams left in the Carabao Cup, that's also like crammed in the middle of there somewhere maybe two days before Christmas. So it's crazy, but um, lots of games and some fans of some stadiums too these last two weeks. Uh, looks like London fans can't be going to games anymore just like that. Had to get relegated to a lower tier. But um, yeah, I feel like it's kind of making a difference. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's nice not
1: having artificial noise piped in, although it's hard to tell a little bit just because, I don't know, it's like how loud can 2,000 fans actually be? You know, there was obviously we covered in our last match week, Liverpool getting their fans back was pretty cool to see. And some of the other smaller stadiums getting fans is cool, like Fulham, et cetera, just because of the yeah. small a uh, small stadium at Craven Cottage, et cetera. But no more fans in London. So we are left with Southampton, Champ, we have Brighton, Liverpool, and Everton. With uh, We'll have fans going forward.
0: Yeah, no, it'll be interesting. And it's got to suck for those London fans, especially you know me watching the Palace game against Spurs this weekend. I don't know, you were saying 2,000 fans can't be that loud, but they were getting pretty loud. And I feel like it, at the Liverpool game as well, Um, maybe not this weekend, but last weekend, Mm -hmm. Uh, I feel like it can make kind of a difference, but I don't know. It's just a weird season, but, um, again, 2000 fans, what can they really do? So 2000 fans. And did they
1: make a difference, Kyle? Because Chelsea went to Everton this weekend and lost one nil to the mighty toffees, man, you know, Everton missing some players too. No, James, someone else is out. Why did I said players. There's another person out. Why can't I forget? I'll, I'll come I feel, back. I feel with like that,
0: but... uh, they're outside backs. Dina and uh, Seamus Coleman, I think.
1: Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, they controlled 28% possession. Kyle had similar amount of shots, generated more expected goals. So what do we think of Everton's performance this weekend?
0: You know, I was pretty surprised to see 28% possession because that that looks really bad on paper, but I don't know. This game was kind of weird in the sense that Everton were so disciplined and organized that they it just looked like they held Chelsea's attack at arm's length and totally nullified them. Um, Everton had greater expected goals, 1.3 to Chelsea's 0.9. And I just feel like Werner, Havertz, um, whoever else up out there, I believe Giroud, they just didn't really have a sniff. Um, and Everton deserved winners for me. How do you feel about it? agreed kyle and you mentioned
1: havertz a second ago but i i feel like he hasn't adapted to the premier i feel like he should have adapted to the premier league a little more by now i understand in the beginning the few games you're not good is it gonna take him a whole season or is he not it for chelsea i'm starting to wonder these types of questions because you know they have tammy abraham off the bench they do have players like pool sick who not in the 18 this weekend but will come in and has had more of an impact than Havertz has this season. And so I'm having trouble what to make of him so far on a, in a Chelsea uniform.
0: Yeah, me too. I mean, you're the one who's seen more of him since you watch a lot of Bundesliga, since you're a Dortmund guy. And I admittedly hadn't seen a lot of Havertz. But what I'm seeing so far, you know, from his my limited exposure to Leverkusen and what we're seeing now is I'm not really sure what his best position is. Um, you know I see him play out right sometimes but I think he's more of a cam more than anything else but like a goal scoring cam so mm-hmm. yeah it's kind of surprising because you can see the talents there but it's just not clicking for him yet and it makes me wonder if this is kind of a I don't know if a problem is the right word but uh, kind of I mean I guess a problem for Frank Lampard I mean where to put him where can you best utilize him should he even start I mean Chelsea's offense looked totally just almost non-existent in this game in it you know you got to say Everton only won this game because of a, a penalty that they earned but still had greater xg and Chelsea just they look blunt they have a lot of the ball but I'm not seeing them them do much
1: yeah yeah I mean going back to what you said in the beginning of that statement Havertz played a lot more centrally at Leverkusen last year and so for him to play outright right. Right. I know we saw that in the beginning of the season. We we're like, oh, that's kind of weird. That doesn't seem like his position. When players start to get healthy for Chelsea, he'll move back to the center, but that hasn't happened at all. And so I don't know. I'm curious to see where they play him if uh, Ziyech and Pulisic are in the lineup as well. Right. But I don't know. Uninspiring for me for Chelsea Football Club. One other thing I was going to say Mendy made a mistake this game, uh, a little clumsy. Um, I don't feel like it's a pattern. He's been so reliable in making the saves he's supposed to make. So I don't think it's a a pattern. I think it's just, you know, a bad day.
0: Yeah. Uh I, I agree. I mean, we, we saw a lot of great goalkeepers make mistakes this weekend, even another one make a mistake that went on to be like man of the match. So uh Mendy, I mean more than anything, you're say you said he doesn't make these mistakes often, and you're right. I mean, if he does anything, it's that he exudes a calmness to that Chelsea back line. So it was really uncharacteristic for him, and I, I wouldn't expect it to continue. Moving on to another
1: London team, Kyle. I know this is a near and dear to your heart. Arsenal Football Club. Kyle, we said last week, if they at home lost to Burnley FC, they would be in a world of hurt. Well, Kyle, what did they do? They lost 1-0 to Burnley FC. So much to say. I mean, I could just turn it over and you could rant, but let's try to keep it organized. Was the red card... One, do you think it was justified? Number two, do you think that led to them losing this game?
0: Okay. One, was it a red card? Yes, it was stupid. I don't know what the fuck Saka was doing. Can uh, you describe to our audience
1: for those that didn't uh watch the match? What what yeah. happened?
0: He he just he went with that little like throat jab sort of You <laughs> saw Marcial do something similar to in the Tottenham game earlier this season, but Jacques, I don't know, I don't know what he was thinking, but uh wasn't happy about a foul, got in someone's face, they went back, and then he did a little like hook to their throat. I don't know <laughs> with Var, how does a player think you can get away with that? It's just Blows my mind. It was so dumb. Um, you know, Arsenal fans will be the first ones to tell you that. And uh two, it totally did lead to this game, you know, ending in a Burnley win. I I could see it going in a nil nil sort of area. Maybe Arsenal could nicked a win, but um I don't see Burnley winning this game for Arsenal of ten men. But that being said, you gotta stay on the field, man. You gotta stay on the field. And uh we've seen this a lot out of Jaka over the years. Yeah, can you believe he used to be captain of this team under
1: Good Evening? I mean, this is a—it's uh, crazy what's happened to his career arc. But, man, where do we start here? I mean, it's quite... It's a, it's a puzzle, right? So, Burnley wins without scoring a goal. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang finally gets on the score sheet, but he forgets what goal he's going towards. That's how out of source he is this season. Few chances, 18 shots, but nothing that exciting for them i mean crosses to nobody no leaders as you say on the pitch no number 10 or creative midfielders or generating attacks
0: Mm -hmm. against burnley they're probably the biggest puzzle out of all the clubs so far in the Premier league i mean man city makes you wonder why they're not scoring goals but there's so many things with arsenal it's hard to know as a manager where how you would approach this 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 issue i mean they had 18 shots today I, but if you're watching that game it doesn't seem like they have 18 shots today you know i mean they they dominate possession every game but the ball goes nowhere you know there are no progressive passers um you know i'd love to see the stats of like ground covered for you know per team i'd venture to say Arsenal's probably down there near the bottom um i mean they're trying to cross the ball into bombing i don't know why he you know You've seen a lot of bombing over the years at Dortmund, and how often are you going in the air, you know, for an bombing header? You know, uh,
1: we love we love the ground passes through to bombing. That's what worked nicely.
0: Exactly. I mean, it's working for Vardy. I don't know why they're not trying to do that more with the bombing at Arsenal. You know, he we've so seen a question him do that for you, years. Kyle.
1: Question. So we talked about a lot of this. You know the crosses, and that seems to be more of a strategy on Arsenal's end. So, do you think Arteta is trying too much to be Manchester City and not utilize his players and what they're good, what his players are actually good at?
0: Yeah, yeah. I I think Arteta is the issue with the lack of sort of cutting edge at the top end of the field. I mean, it's not like Lacazette and Aubameyang become bad players overnight. You know, it doesn't happen. Ah, uh, class is permanent. So uh, the crosses are. De- they, it definitely seems like it's instructed, but I don't get it because it's not like Man City was playing in the air that often, or even crossing for you know uh, Aguero's head. I mean, Aguero's like five feet tall, so they're always hitting <laughs> it on the sort of grass cutters on the ground. So I don't, I don't get it. But you know, we're, you're talking about Arteta and his instructions for the club. It this is a game that really makes me wonder. You know, can Arteta survive this? I mean, do you see him going to the end of the season? I, you know, if you asked me this last week, there's no way in hell I think Arteta's sacked. But you don't just lose to Burnley like this at home and Pat and I, you know. I mean, only three
1: teams have scored less goals than Arsenal this season. West Brom, Burnley, Sheffield. That's not good company to keep burnley obviously scoring this match when it was an own goal so you allow i mean you look at the stats and you always think arsenal's defense is the problem because they have you know crazy david Luiz running around just you know chopping everyone to bits granite Jocka getting red cards every other game but it's not their defense kyle it's their offense this year which is just astounding that's not what people would have pinpointed arsenal's weakness going into the season and so it's really baffling. I mean, he needs to do something, Arteta, and changing up the system, changing up the strategy, maybe trying to counterattack more and to release their fast players down the wings because clearly holding the ball and trying to play whatever version of Tiki Taka in this team is not working at all.
0: Something's got to change soon. Something's gotta... It makes me wonder, what more does Arteta have to do to start make, making people question you know, his position? So it's weird. It's hard to know what to do. Arsenal fans out there tweet us at over the top EPL.
1: Do you miss Unai Emery? Let us know your thoughts. Kyle, I think it's time for rapid fire. All right, Kyle, first game in rapid fire Leeds 1, West Ham 2. This brings West Ham United up to 6th, Kyle, and I can't say West Spam anymore. They're actually West Ham. They have matured into a real meaty team of, you know, consistency. David Moyes. What can you say? I mean, just so consistent. Suchek and Ob- Ogbana. Agbana, 11 fantasy points for my team uh didn't wasn't enough for the win, but man, just impressive from West Ham and they keep it going.
0: David Moyes is Back, y'all. Uh next game, we've got Wolves up against Aston Villa. A little derby match up there in the I don't know, what do you call that? The the Midlands, the Black Country. Uh we had an El Ghazi penalty in the 90th minute in this one. Uh definitely was a penalty. It was a clumsy challenge. Uh but this was a pretty I don't know if uneventful is the right word, but I wouldn't say that the match play stood out on this one. It was really more of a, just a chippy match more than anything. Everyone's favorite Mike Dean. The referee handed out yellow cards today and seemed super proud of it. Uh, two of those were second yellows. Um, two people sent off, one one piece for each team. Uh, Wolves hit the post in this one, but they're clearly missing Raul. I mean, they don't even have a striker on their squad. So, um, And we were talking a little bit before the pod. Wolves' stats this season look weirdly similar to Arsenal. So, I don't know. It's not looking good for them. Oh sorry
1: Kyle I was sleeping I was, was watching the United City highlights. Um yeah, nothing to speak of there. 0-0 zero, zero between United and City and if you had to guess you would think this would have been our featured match of of the of the week. But no, absolute snorefest. I mean, the only thing memorable about this game Kyle is when VAR correctly ruled rashford offside which negated a penalty awarded to manchester united which the ref kind of called late which was a little bit weird um city a little bit disappointing i mean you expect a little more i mean they had a few half chances but nothing i would say glaring in front of goal looked like as we were talking in our group chat over the weekend looked like both teams were content with the draw with about 30 minutes left in the game Oh, man just it's just lackluster and boring and you think man city and united obviously with their starts not being exciting or playing good football you would say man they're they don't have it this year they're not they're not cutting edge they don't have the it factor but then you look at the table kyle and with the game in hand if they both win they're only a couple points behind the title uh the first place and second place in the premier league so it's just a fascinating year fascinating year, Kyle.
0: You know, you were talking about the it factor and how the Manchester Derby lacked the it factor. Well, let's move on to a game that had a player that has tons of it factor. Your favorite player, Joe Winton. He got another <laughs> assist, there. <baby. laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Okay, another assist. There. <laughs> another assist, 20 seconds into this match. Uh, Miguel Amarone with the goal. Um, West Brom, they just, they're, they're not looking good. We said Fulham were the ones that were dead and buried before the season started. It's looking like West Brom might actually be that team, although Sheffield's giving them a run for their money. But in this one, uh, Newcastle were deserved for winners. They far exceeded West Brom's XG. Not really much else to say, but Jolinson, baby.
1: Imagine being a bad enough team where Newcastle are far and away deserved winners. Uh, moving to the South Coast, Kyle Schamp, uh, otherwise known as Southampton, absolutely dominated a sad, sorry Sheffield United team 3-0 uh, dominated all stats. You check all the stats. Southampton, clearly the better team. Sheffield United, Kyle, one draw in 12 matches. One point. On pace for less than four points if they keep this up. I mean, I don't care who you are and what you've meant to that club. Your, your job has to be in danger, right? I don't get it. I don't I I it's bad. They can't score goals. Can't score goals, you get relegated. If they're playing like this, they're gonna get relegated next season out of the championship into League One. It's that bad.
0: Yeah, no kidding. And could you imagine us talking about Chris Wilder maybe getting sacked a year ago? I mean, almost won the no. manager of the season. Kinda crazy. Uh moving on to another game that, you know, we talked about some goalkeeper errors earlier in the Everton Chelsea game. Uh, in this one, Crystal Palace against Tottenham finished at the one-one draw. Featured two goalkeeper errors, one from Uh Guaita and one from Yoris. Um, but I I don't think I've ever seen a game where a goalkeeper made a mistake that led to a goal and then ended up being man of the match. And that was Guaita in this case. He had three or four world class saves in this one. Uh, Palace were looking good in this game, and Spurs really disappointing. I mean, Mourinho set this team up to only defend for the majority of the game they only attacked and before Spurs' goal and after Palace's goal um and he set up with two defensive midfielders against Crystal Palace I don't know what he was thinking this is what people were questioning about Tottenham uh this will not make those questions go away anytime soon this game was crying out for Ndombele with also but um Spurs fans will be disappointed Mourinho will look at the table and still be happy with this one I'm going to take time out of my allotted Fulham-Liverpool
1: uh, time slot to ask you a question, Kyle. Do you think uh, Wilfried Zaha slots into the starting 11 for Tottenham? Easy. 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 Yes.
0: Oh, I mean, Zaha over Bergwijn. I like Bergwijn as a player, but Zaha over Bale, too. Um, Spurs have been looking at it for a long time, but the price Palace are asking for is crazy. Moving on, I already alluded it to it. Fulham
1: won, Liverpool won uh this game didn't have a lot I mean there were some moments in this map Fulham dominated early you have to say uh Salah had a penalty um ref disagreed with the VAR which was controversial as well we're not going to talk about that much um little moments in this match that are fascinating Liverpool had possession other stats were more even uh but really, a uh, thing to call out, Matip injured Kyle. Uh, no senior center backs without him. So they went with Jordan Henderson and Fabinho. Imagine that going into the season. Liverpool fans, you only have to make it to January.
0: Kane and Son are going to think of that no center back thing. Midweek one 3-0. Game was over at halftime. Uh, James Madison with two goals. Uh, Jamie Vardy grabbed one as well. Madison, by the way, that first, that second goal, absolute worldy. Cutting onto his left foot, bending it over into the top corner. Uh, that was really the highlight of this match. Um, Brighton didn't even stand a chance in on this one. Leicester were on it. So it has me thinking, can this Leicester City side challenge for the title? I mean, they're only one point off the top, and I believe third place. Maybe mm-hmm. they're tied for Chelsea in fourth, but third place. Um, but yeah, no, they're looking good. All their best players are coming back. I think soyanchi's coming back, but Ndidi played in this one. Uh, Ricardo Pereira's coming back. Mm-hmm. Things are looking up for Leicester City. Your boys, Justin.
1: My boys, they're, it's looking up. I don't think they can challenge for a title, but I think top four is in play this year. Absolutely. In I agree. play. So that's it for Rapid Fire. We do have one segment left. We're going to go through a little bit of the European rundown, talking about uh, the draws for both the Champions League. We'll even mention Europa League. This is the time of year where Europa League starts to become more relevant. Uh, Yes, that's only because Spurs are in it, but, you know, we have to satisfy our co-host here. So really, uh, let's start with uh, Match Week 6, though, in the Champions League. And who is leading uh, between kyle and i in picks so far so go to kyle with the stat sheet what do we got
0: yeah that's right so if you remember the way we're doing this is uh the correct result uh not the score but if we predict the right team to win we get one point if you guess the score right you get two points so we've been tallying up uh all these points throughout the group stage uh round and want want justin is up 14 to 12 We we were thinking about maybe cutting it off there going into the knockout rounds but we decided to extend it so Justin gets a little pat on the back for his sort of half season trophy you know but um apparently I owe him a car if I lose this one yeah it's probably going to be a Hot Wheels or a replica
1: bus with Jose Mourinho's face on it just talk about Tottenham's tactics but yeah I'm leading so far but some knockout matches to go and we'll talk about what the draw is so Full champions uh draw, I think the most anticipated draw of the eight, uh or the last 16, I should say, is Dortmund versus Sevilla, two really good sides that are counterattacking, Erling Holland, Ben Yitter, Rakitic, I mean, Kyle, how can you get better than that?
0: <laughs> you're crazy, man, you're crazy. Hey, you never know, though, Sevilla's won the, the Europa League like three times in a row, so... Don't sleep on them. Dortmund though. I mean they should get Bo Race on this one. Other notable draws before we get
1: into the Premier League ones. Uh Real Madrid. Oh, that one started not to load. I'll get that in a second. Uh Bayern plays Lazio, Leipzig. Oh wait, Porto plays Juventus. Barcelona plays Paris, Saint Germain, and Atalanta Bergamo. Um, you know, famous club, infamous for the February and March of what's going on down there, they get to host Real Madrid. Um, getting into the Champions League matchups for the Premier League team, City, of course, used a little bit of their oil money to get that nice draw against Borussia Mönchengladbach, who, I mean, they gave some teams some trouble. I mean, they smacked Shakhtar, they gave Real Madrid some headaches. Um it's not a it's not like uh you know, it's not like the city are gonna walk all over them, but it should be a win for City.
0: Yeah, and it's the kind of team that sets up the way City would like to play against. I mean, two teams that just sort of go gung ho and all out attack. I think Much Gladbach beat Shakhtar over two matches like ten nil on aggregate something or something like that. Like that yeah. But couldn't close it out against uh Real Madrid on the final day to win the group, but uh, City will be looking their lips at, lips at that one, but Mungin and Gladbach are a good team, so don't sleep on them. But um, elsewhere in the English club arena, Chelsea are not going to be happy about their draw. They're going up against Atletico Madrid, who I think, if you ask any club who they want to avoid, Atletico is probably always one of them, just their stingy ass defense and playing. I'd argue Atletico are
1: favorites in that one, Kyle.
0: Yeah, I'd have to agree. I, and it's crazy because Chelsea are contenders for the Premier League, but I, I, I'm i I'm with you on this one. Even though Atleti um, maybe isn't the same as they were three seasons ago, but they've got a chance for La Liga, man. they got a chance, especially if Barcelona and then, ran all down in the dumps.
1: And then lastly, for Premier League teams, fascinating one, Leipzig versus Liverpool. Mm-hmm. And it all comes down to, for me... Who is healthy in the Liverpool defense, Kyle? Because Leipzig can score goals, and they can score them fast. We saw that against a lot of teams. Uh, so, but are they going to get boat race? Liverpool have played them and done really well in the past. So yeah, it's yeah. a fascinating matchup. Who's healthy, who's not? But Leipzig can score goals. And so if Liverpool come out flat, especially in that first game, Leipzig can really take advantage. So...
0: Yeah, total uh, German tactical uh, show-off on that one. They've got Klopp, who's pretty much accepted as one of the greatest coaches at this moment. But the up-and-coming one in world football who everyone and their mom seems to want to sign is uh, Julian Nagelsmann with Leipzig. So, Oh, my yeah, mom be wants to really sign him for
1: Dortmund, for sure. Mm, you'd love that. Hey, I'd
0: love him at Spurs, too. I think everyone would love him. Uh, yeah, just take away Jose and hire him. Yeah, we got to win our trophy first. Or maybe give me another three weeks and I'll get tired of the bus. (laughs) All right, moving on to Europa
1: League, Kyle. We're just going to mention a couple matchups for the Premier League teams and then just talk about who your favorites are. So uh, Tottenham, your team, matched against Wolfsburg. Not Wolfsburg out of Germany, Wolfsburger out of Austria. So raise your hand if you've heard of them. Yeah, you have it.
0: (laughs) Never in my life did I ever hear about them. Uh, I, like you, read Wolfsburg. And I was like, I didn't even know they were in Europa League. But um, yeah, and they were showing up in my soccer app as uh, WAC. So I was like, who the hell is whack? But yeah, favorable draw on that one. Uh, some pretty interesting teams left in this one. We've got uh, AC Milan, uh, Benfica are still in the mix, uh, Roma, Napoli. I'm sure I'm missing a few.
1: Rangers, even this year. I mean, they've been playing super well in the Scottish League. Uh, speaking, Gerard, of be- speaking of Benfica, they play a hapless Arsenal side, so that's going to be interesting. if Vertonghen and Mendy two former pre- Premier League boys, can get it done there. Uh, Manchester United plays La Liga leaders, Real Sociedad, mm. Kyle. So that's not a gimme. And David Silva has that team firing in all cylinders.
0: Yeah, they're so good a team, fast- man. They play That's some nice stuff. They've got good young talent. They've got some experience in David Silva. I wouldn't want to play. Him. Mar- uh, is Martin Odegaard still there, or is he back in Madrid? He's at Madrid, I think. I think he is. Yeah. Yeah. Still got tons of talent,
1: though. And then Leicester, my boys, are playing Slavia Prague. Um, and it's in a in a game or games, I should say. You sh- they should win, but I mean, you never know in this competition. So, yeah, fascinating matchups. We'll cover this competition more as it gets into the last sixteen and on. You'd have to think, though, Kyle. Just some of the favorites, real quick, in this competition, have to be the English clubs in Milan, right? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean the 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 clubs that stood out to me are probably United, uh, Milan, Spurs. Uh, possible chance with Lille or Ajax. Maybe it could be some sort of sleeper picks on that one. Um, Villarreal, Real Madrid, Real Sociedad, rather. Real Madrid so, was almost yeah.
1: in the Europa League. So that would have been something.
0: <laughs> yeah, Madrid-United matchup in the Europa. That would be the most 2020 thing ever, Madrid and Europa. Good God, man. Uh, so, I don't know. You, we were talking about English clubs and Milan as a favorite. If you were to pick one team, who would you bet money on? Who would I bet money on? Ooh,
1: Man, this is hard. There's like no one standout, you know? No Sevilla this year. No Sophia, like, that would three make it years really some crazy. I'd probably do Tottenham just on their draw. Uh if it, if United were against Sociedad, I might do them, but I think right. Tottenham just because of their draw.
0: Yeah, and uh I mean I, I was probably debating between Spurs and AC Milan. Uh the Evergreen uh Zlatan Ibrahimovic. He's <laughs> top scorer in Serie A. Can you believe that? I mean he's like forty years old. So he's still it's banging amazing, it. in. Man. He's amazing. He's amazing. Uh, This is the year where AC Milan really look like they're back, too. And I think that could be uh, pretty exciting times over in Milan. I think that's good for world
1: football and the Italian League, too. I mean, Juventus has been the pony just like Bayern has in Germany for so long. It's good to have teams like Inter and Milan just getting better and challenging because those are good clubs and historic clubs as well.
0: Right. I mean Lazio's good too these days and you know mm-hmm. we're waiting for Roma to hopefully get back, maybe Napoli. So Napoli's had yeah. some good
1: years they challenged a couple of years ago, uh for the title. The scudetto.
0: Final. It's so. nice to have like a one less, you know, one team league in this world. So goddamn. Well that's
1: it for us, Kyle. That's a short episode. Uh our listeners Ooh. are like, Wow, how are we already but don't be don't be uh, too disappointed. You'll hear us Thursday night into Friday. Uh, another round of matches coming right at you. So be ready for that. Uh, just on the podcast, uh, you're going to get some fast and furious episodes upcoming with this crazy fixture period. We're hoping to get a couple guests on during this period as well. So stay tuned to that. Just get more exciting, uh, more exciting segments so you don't get bored of our two voices here. Um, any closing thoughts, Kyle, before we wrap it up?
0: This evening. Uh, man, I, I was really dreading this. I didn't want to talk about MLS stuff. Uh, we, we briefly uh, touched upon uh, the MLS Cup final. Seattle Sounders against uh, Columbus Crew. The Crew ended up having two of the best players actually out because of COVID. Because in the U.S., we just can't seem to do anything about it. You know, we're number one in cases, baby. So, uh, yeah, everyone was betting money on the Sounders. And they got absolutely smacked 3-0. It's a sad day for Seattle. Um, yeah, I mean bring it up. MLS uh,
1: Home teams MLS Cup home teams tend to do well I think it's 9 of the last 12 But, yeah, you know, you expect somebody Or a team with Seattle's quality To do better than that Really disappointed, poor lineup selection Bad all the way around, Kyle All right, well, that's all we have. We will see you later this week, breaking down all the midweek matches highlighted by Tottenham versus Liverpool 1v2 in the Premier League. Hopefully not a bore fest like the rest of this. Uh, You can catch us at Twitter at OverTheTopEPL. Same thing with Instagram. For Kyle, I am Justin. See you later this week.